and welcome back to Family Game Night, your bi-monthly podcast for all things board game and card game. My name is Jordan Roman, and I shall be your host this evening. Now, I don't have any special guests coming over this time. It's a little bit of a dreary day, so I have decided instead to have a solo game night. Now, I'm sure you're all thinking, oh no, he's going to bust out Solitaire and tell us about how to play Solitaire or something like that. And, well, I will admit, I thought about it. That is, in fact, not what we are going to be talking about today. No, no, no. I instead decided to head on over to my local game store and see what things I could find there that had single-player capabilities. And, much to my surprise, there are actually a few board games that do, in fact, have single-player capability. They're obviously not the most common board games out there, but they do exist. And so, I grabbed one that struck my fancy, which is the game we are going to be talking about this week, which is Sword Crafters. So, what was it about Sword Crafters that caught my attention? Well, aside from the fact that I am a giant nerd and love all things sword and fantasy, not that was actually about it, really. It was, I, I'm a huge nerd, I love swords and fantasy, so it kind of struck out to me. The game box art kind of has, it has all those fantasy elements to it, like you see a blacksmith working on a sword and the swords appear to have mystic gems encrusted in them so it definitely caught my attention now sword crafters is a fairly recent game actually only made back in 2018 by adam's apple games it was designed by adam rayberg chris newman and ryan lambert the latter of those three being the person who specifically crafted the single player mode now because the game is only a few years old it's more got a cult following than something that has large worldwide appeal to it, like, say, your Monopolies or your Chess. That being said, it is still well-received among the people who do play it, having overall positive reviews in the community, usually averaging at about a 6 or a 7 out of 10. Now, how do you play Sword Crafters? Well, there's a little bit of setup to it. When you open it up, you're going to find a bunch of different cardboard pieces, or maybe even like light wood. I'm not fully sure, but you need to pop each of them out. There's going to be some hilt pieces, some guard pieces, and a lot, and I mean a lot, of sword pieces. You're also going to find some cards. And once you get all that stuff separated out, what you're going to do is you need to create these sword handles and select two random hilts. Now, one thing to preface before I go too, too much further with this, while there is a multiplayer aspect of this game, I'm only going to be focusing in on the single player aspect of it. The multiplayer is not too, too complicated. You just sub out the parts where I make it about just you and the scoring, which we'll get to later. And just imagine there's other people there. And that's basically how the game works. But once you have your two random hilts, which will each have their own gem on it, you will draw three cards from the sword magic deck and then put them off to the side that'll be important later on then you will set up the gem tiles 
and a 4x4 grid with a tile labeled Forge being in the inner upper right corner of the space. So if you were to number them going from left to right, top to bottom, so the first row is 1, 2, 3, 4, the Forge tile will be placed at number 7, so third piece in the second row. If you still can't quite follow what I'm saying, there is a diagram for it in the rulebook that shows you for that. Now, this is where things differ a little bit. The solo version, you will draw one to four cards out of the solo deck, and these will serve as your opponents. Now, from my experiences, just to get a quick run of the land, I decided to only have it be a one-on-one. -on -one. But I can also understand where the, ult the multiple players or multiple opponents can come into things. Basically, the more people you choose to face off against, the harder it is. Now, from here, the game will be divided into three further phases. We finished our setup, now we're ready to actually play. Normally, what would happen is players would take turns making slices on the grid, or splitting one section into two by making either a vertical or horizontal split. However, in solo mode, it's a little bit different, where you will instead draw from the solo deck and make slices based on the back of the card by removing one of the two sections made after each slice. So the best way to think about this is in the solo, not the solo game, in the multiplayer game, you will, each player will take a turn making a slice. And then from there, those pieces will split off. And then the next player will make a split from one of the two remaining sections They'll make that split, and then the next person gets to pick from one of the three, makes another split, so on and so forth. In this case, what you will be doing is you will have like predetermined horizontal or vertical slices as dictated by the back of the card. And so what you will be doing then is making each slice as dictated, and then you take a piece that, like one of the two sections that got split off, and you remove that one from play. And then you keep going until you've gone through all of them. There's usually about three, maybe four slices that is dictated. And so you just keep going until you have what's left. Now, after all the slices have been made in a multiplayer game, each player would then pick from one of the remaining sections in order to be used. However, this part is not done in single player as you've been discarding the other tiles. So all you get is what is left. The next phase involves you arranging the gem tiles that you got onto your sword hilt for the sword. You then reset the grid and repeat everything all over again. You make your slices for a total of six rounds. Once all that is all said and done, the game is finished, and now you move on to scoring, which is based on three separate factors. Sword height, number of gems, and points granted from the earlier sword magic cards that you drew. Now, sword height's pretty simple in multiplayer, where it is. You will each place your swords flat on the ground from your handle, and whoever has the tallest sword wins. Now, in single player, the way that that is instead going to work is that you are going to essentially count up the number of tiles that you have on your sword, and then compare it to the height number on the solo card or cards that you are facing off against. As far as number of same gems in a row, you will get a certain number of points based on the number that you have 
two or more in a row. There are a total of six colors, which are red, blue, purple, green, yellow, and orange. So if you have two orange in a row, that is four points. If you have three orange in a row, that is six points. It's four for the initial two, and then two for each additional one that you have past that. You add all those up together to get those points. I also just realized I forgot to mention sword height. Whoever gets the best on that one gets 10 points. Now, as for those spell cards, or the sword magic cards that were drawn from earlier, those are for some additional points, and it will be based on whoever gets the most of each of the gem types that are mentioned. You're going to start off in a multiplayer game, the way that, that one work is you would figure out who has the most of each one, and then there will be three numbers on there. Whoever has the most of each of those combined types gets the bigger number for points. And then second place will get the second number, third will get the third, and then no one else gets anything. If people are tied, they will take the number of people who tied for that specific spot, and then they all get the average. So if there is a card for blue, green, and purple, and all three players, we'll say there are three people, were to all have the same amount, you would just take the total average and then divide it up amongst the three players. But if only two people did, then they would only take the first and second place points, average those out, and then whoever got third would get the amount for third place. Now, in a single-player game, that's going to be based solely off of what it says on the solo card, as it will tell you how many gems there are for each. And then once all the scoring is done, you will know who the winner is. Now, as I said, I only did one-on-one -on -one solo for my own experience. And I have to say, it was actually a lot of fun. It's pretty straightforward once you get to it. It's just dividing up the parts that you get, and then trying to just build the biggest sword with the most connected pieces while also bearing in mind the sword magic points that you can later on get. But from there, it actually does kind of devolve into this pretty crazy strategy game where you have to really think, which of these do I want to try and aim for? Because each slice will take off things that you will no longer have access to, which I can only imagine is an entirely different concept for how it will end up being in the multiplayer where everyone takes turns picking from the pile and this one you're whittling away the parts that you have access to and you just get what's left and that does add a different layer to it and it is pretty fun i know my strategy when i did it was obviously trying to go for the biggest pile so i could end up having maximum sword height but then also trying to connect as many gem types as i could because the way that they will add on is you have two off to the side like it'll basically be like a like a long cube with no ends whatever that is like a square cylinder if that makes any sense but because it'll be alternating from perpendicular to the guard to parallel with the guard it'll depend on you really do have to have like a level of strategy in mind for what pieces will be able to line up with what and being able to get the maximum amount of gems. And for someone like me, who is OCPD and loves to make sure everything is in its just right place, this game was 
a lot of fun, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, that being said, I can see where this might get a little bit boring for someone, in that it's just picking out tiles and then putting on the sword. But at the same time, I feel like the game itself kind of lends itself to that, because it's not a board game, it's not a card game in the traditional sense. They're tiles, it's got these... You're actually building a literal sword. Well, not an actual sword, but you get the idea. But you're actually building something as it goes along, and that was a very fun aspect of the game. I mean, the game's instructions openly say, these are not real swords, please don't actually hit people with them. That is bad for both your friendship and the endurance of these pieces. So, it, it was a lot of fun being able to play with that, and there was no temptation to hit anyone while playing solo. But I can, I would actually like to try and play this game with friends when I can eventually manage to get some over. Maybe next week, who knows? No, 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 I, I know what I'm doing next week. Or the following week. I need to remember my own schedule. But, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed getting to play Sword Crafters. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I think it's... I would recommend it for people if they just want something to do to kill a little bit of time on a dreary day and don't necessarily want to get buried in electronics or TV or any of that stuff. And if you do have some friends over, I think it would be fun for that too. So that is my final verdict. Swordcrafters is a good game. I think you should check it out. And if you want to check out more of this show, then you can follow me on Facebook at... God, what was it? Family Game Night, I think it's Family Game Night Podcast. I should probably know this. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get it right next time. But you can also follow me on Twitter at Family Game Night 2, which is Family Game, and then for night, it is N-I-G-H-2, I believe it is. I should probably know my own social handles, but... Either way, just look up Family Game Night on either one of those and you will find it. It has the same logo as uh, for the show itself. And until then, I will catch you all at the next Family Game Night.